Hi, I'm Lauren Young, and I want to welcome you to Discovery Church's podcast. Discovery Church is a community of people who are seeking truth and finding purpose. We welcome you to jump over to our website online and check us out at mydiscoverychurch.ca. With that said, let's jump into this week's message. We've been in this series called Check Your Vitals for the last two weeks, um, and I'm even, as I'm preparing uh, this week, it was supposed to be a six-week series. We actually may end up making a seven-week series. I'm not completely sure yet, but it may be seven weeks, uh, but it's, it's check your vitals, and, there's, there's, and we've said this a few times, that there's nothing we can do to make God love us less, and there's nothing we can do to make God love us more. And that simple truth uh, radically changed my life and probably radically changed yours or will radically change yours. And because how it radically changes is that there's nothing that I can do and there's nothing that I, I can't do to make God love us more or less. Frees me from my past, but also gives me the freedom to run boldly into the future. That sometimes, like, we, even, even as Christians, sometimes we... we, we act out of fear more than faith and for, well, well, God will like it or will he bless it. But the thing is, there's nothing we can do or can't do that makes God love us more or less. So it should not only free us from our past, but give us hope to push forward boldly into the future. And this simple truth is actually what makes Christianity different from every other religion. And I know that Christianity sometimes gets, gets uh, put in an umbrella as a world religion, but I would say that Christianity is not religion at all. And when, when I have friends or people, I was like, I hate religion. I'm like, me too. You're a pastor? I do hate religion because religion is trying to do things to earn God's love. But, but Christianity is not about doing things. Christianity is about accepting a free gift that Jesus has already done for us. And that, and that Christianity, in Christianity, works don't earn your salvation. They actually demonstrate it. That what we, the good works that we do, we don't do them because we got to. We get to do them because we get to. Because of a life transformed by Jesus Christ to pour out love on the other people. That's why we do good works. So in Christianity, works don't earn your salvation. They demonstrate, demonstrate them. We've said it in Next Steps and, uh, is that religion is obeying out of duty, but, re- but relationship is what Christianity is obeying out of delight. And over the past two weeks, we've dove in, we've, uh, dove in dived in, I'm diving in, no, uh, a little bit of Stephen Curtis Chapman, if I was on tune, I'm not even sure. Uh, or the last, last two weeks, we've, we've launched a series called Check Your Vitals, and two weeks ago, we talked about the vital Bible. But Jesus tells this story in Matthew 13, 13 of, a, of a farmer that's sowing seed, and he's out walking, and he's throwing out seed. And, and some of the seed falls on, on the, the roadside and birds come and take all the seed. And some of the other seed falls around, along thorn bushes and it just gets, it gets choked out. And other seed fall along shallow soil, shallow soil, and, and it, it's, it springs up really quickly and then the sun comes and burns it all up. And then there's other seed that the farmer throws out and falls on its fertile soil and it produces a 30 times, a 60 times, and a 100 times what was planted. And this, this Check Your Vital series is all about creating and cultivating a good soiled life that when God throws out his truth and when God throws out his promises on us, that, that the, the ground that it falls on our lives is, is ground that will produce 30-fold, 60-fold, 100-fold. And there's nothing that we can do to make God love us more or less. But there are things in our lives that we can do and put into place and disciplines that we can do in our life that helps cultivate a lifestyle that when those seeds are planted, that what grows up, the roots go deep 
deep. And guess what? There will be 30, 60, 100 people that will come to know Jesus because of a healthy life when your vitals are lined up. Does it make sense? So that's what the vital series has been all about. Two weeks ago, we talked about the vital Bible and how essential it is for us to be in the Word. And good job on those that uh, joined up to do a reading plan, 90-day reading plan. You can still do it if you have any questions about, hey, you said something about a 90-day reading plan. Come see me after. I'd love to just get you connected to that. But it's how the Bible is a blueprint for our life. That is the basic construction before, leave, before leaving earth. And last week, we talked about the heartbeat. And in the same way that the heart is essential to, to our lives to keep the blood flowing in our physical lives, worship is the heartbeat of a Christian. And worship, I'm not saying just what, what Jackson and the, and the team did up here with raising your hands or singing or not even worship as in like specifically serving, but we, we talked about how worship was a lifestyle. And out of a lifestyle of worship that everything we do can honor God, out of that comes expressions of worship that lots of times we, we're, we're serving in kids or we're serving uh, uh, outside on the curb host or, or uh, serving at the mustard seed. Or, and, and out of that, that's expressions of worship. That's expressions of a life that is devoted to God and that the heartbeat and worship is a life that is completely surrendered to God saying anytime, any place, anywhere, God use me as a vessel to reach people for you. And today we're going to look at a, a vital that, that I've titled Life Support. Would you pray with me? God, we just thank you so much that we can come into Nellie Carlson School, turn a public building into a place that we want all public to be, but a place that we worship you, not just with our hands, not just with our actions and our words, but with our lives. So God, would you, uh, would you transform our minds, mold our hearts, and soften our hearts, and, captive, or, and, and cultivate a life that is ready to receive from you? In your name. Amen. I remember it was like it was just a couple weeks ago. I was 12 years old. It was just a couple weeks ago. It was actually 22 years ago. I was 12 years old. My brother was 16. And I was in grade 7. My brother was in grade 10. And it started off like any other morning. My, my brother just recently got his motorcycle license. He's had his motorcycle license for six, six weeks. And instead of catching the bus to go to school, I decided that I was going to drive with my brother on the back of his motorcycle, being the cool kid. Now I, I can make fun of all my friends because now I get to drive to school with my older brother on a motorcycle and I don't need to be on the bus. So cool. So I remember donning on the helmet, getting our lunch ready, putting our backpacks, jumping on the motorcycle, going up the coastline and pulling into the school parking lot, jumping off, thanking my brother, walking by my friends like I was a cool guy. Like, you know, uh, bell rings would go to first class. And uh, about 20 minutes go by in the first class, and all of a sudden I hear knocking on the, on the door of, this, of, of the classroom and on the other side of the door. Now, I didn't do anything bad this morning, so uh, on, the other side the, on the other side of the door, I heard, is Lauren in this class? And I'm like, oh, trying to go back through my memory. I was like, uh, no, no, I shouldn't be going to principal's office for anything this morning. Um, but, and, I, and all of a sudden, yeah, he's here, and I, I walk out, and... Uh, Standing outside of the door is my guidance counselor. As we're walking down the, the hall, she looks at me and she says, Lauren, there's been, an, there's been something that's tragic that's happened. And I'm like, trying to think in my mind as a 12-year-old, I would. I said, your brother's just been in an accident and uh, is, is transported to the local hospital in an ambulance and it doesn't look good. 
And I, I'll walk into her office, and two of my aunts are there. My parents have already uh, went is on their way to the hospital. My brother is, is in, in process of getting to the hospital. And for the next seven days, my brother laid lifeless in a coma on a table, on a bed in, in, in the hospital, We didn't know what to do. We didn't know what to think, what to say. We didn't even know what to pray. Have you ever been there where you've, where you've experienced a friend or a family member, someone maybe getting a, in, a, in an accident, maybe even a little bit worse, had them clinging uh, to life through life support and had a machine hooked up to them that kept their heart beating and kept them breathing? And, or, or maybe, unfortunately, even a little bit more worse, maybe you've lost a loved one or a friend to a tragic accident, or to a life-debilitating disease. This, the sense of hopelessness and, and not knowing what to do, where to go, what to say, these questions of why just like seem to fight in, no matter if you're the strongest Christian or not, these senses of like, why would this happen? And I'm, I'm not going to stand up here and, and, and give you all reasons of why it was happening, because you know what, sometimes I just don't know why specific things in our lives don't happen. But there is something that I do know And that is when tragedy hits, or when we're struck by an unknown, we need family and friends. We need people in our lives to be our life support. Honestly, if it wasn't for our family and our friends and even our church, uh, when my my brother got in an accident, not only would have that seven days that he lay lifeless on, on a table in a, in a coma would have been hard. But the next week where he was in recovery and the next six weeks as he was walking as, with a walker as a 16-year-old and, and not knowing if he would ever be able to walk normally again would have been so, so, so tough. See, the life support in our lives, what keeps us breathing when, when unlikely circumstance comes our way, What keeps us breathing when we feel like stopping, when we feel like throwing it all in, is the community that we surround ourselves with. And I believe that the best community that we can find, and not only in these four walls, but the best community that our city can find and our friends and our family is found in the local church. The community that is right here, the friends, the family that's found here at Discovery Church, I believe, is your life support. And guess what? You're my life support. And together, we keep each other breathing. I would go as far as to say that it's vital to our lives, to your life to be connected to a God-centered, God-fearing, God-honoring local church is vital to your life. We say around here, uh, we've said it in Next Steps, and you've heard us say is that you have to be a Christian for yourself, but you cannot be a Christian by yourself. And I want you to take a moment and just watch this video of somebody that's on our dream team. His name is Rick. And just let it, let it captivate you for a minute and, and f- and figure out, or to look at it, and listen to how essential community and a growing community and a, a growing love for other people and people loving on him has had a difference in his life. Hi, my name's Rick. 
and this is my story. I grew up in a Christian family. I think some people sometimes believe that when they're being Christian means that life is easy, and that's not the case. In 2008, I was in my last year of Bible college. Me and my family were just sitting around the table playing some games. I just noticed that my dad wasn't really himself. My mom took him to the hospital. It was found out that he had a brain tumor and the next few months were really hard just seeing his health deteriorate. It was a real struggle and it was on a Sunday and I just remember leaving the hospital and as I was walking out I I just had a feeling that like I had to go back and tell him that I, I love him, which is not something that my family really verbalizes too often. So I left the hospital that day and the next Saturday um, he passed away. And then in 2011, my mom called me and she told me that my sister had a heart attack the night before and she passed away. Even though like I went through my dad's death uh, about a year and a half before that, it was still like really hard and I actually struggled a lot more with her death. I thought about like what would happen if like I drove into the ditch going like 120. I ended up going to a counselor. I made it through a couple sessions and finally just decided that it wasn't really my thing. I just didn't really want to talk about what, what I was going through. Even with like friends in my life, I wouldn't talk to them about it. I started pushing people away, um, just not letting people, I guess, into my life and see that side of me. I think that went on for probably two or three years. Last spring, I met with Lauren to just talk about his vision for Discovery. As soon as he shared his thoughts and his vision, like I knew it was something that I wanted to be a part of, and I knew that it was something that I had to be a part of. Just those relationships that I was lacking before, um, I have been starting to develop those with, with different people at Discovery. And just like through setting up or tearing down um, to being a part of Discovery groups and, and even like team nights that happen once a month, um, it's all been really great. Um, just this last November, um, my brother passed away. And I don't think death is something that will ever become easy um, to deal with. But I think like since being a part of Discovery and having relationships that I have developed, um, it has kind of made it easier just letting other people support you and be a part of your journey. Um, and I think that's something that that has made 
it a bit easier to deal with, in a way. My name's Rick, this is my story, what's yours? church is our life support. It's vital to be a part of it. Rick's story goes, goes way deeper than that, but his friends that he's found here that's helped him process and, and deal with some tragedy that happened in his life, and guess what? He's also been helping other people. The week we talked about the Vital Bible, our first week in Check Your Vitals. We talked about one of the main ways that the devil is out to still kill and destroy is, is, is by telling us lies. And unfortunately, I, th- I feel that one of the greatest lies that our culture is believing today is, that, is this lie, is that I can do it on my own. This lie of of being independent or I don't need help. I don't need anyone. And it's causing our culture to to get this place where we're we're pushing everybody back. And eventually we push everybody back so far that we're actually living in loneliness. And there's lots of issues in our city where drug use and and, and, uh, people being laid off or whatever that looks like. But the biggest pandemic in our city is loneliness. The biggest pandemic in our, in our culture, in our, in our country, is loneliness. And unfortunately, this lie that so many people are, are, are grasping to and say, I can do it all on my own. I don't need anybody. This lie is actually starting to capture and has captured a lot of Christians as well. You've probably met them. Maybe you are one of them. Maybe you've been them. And, I, and, and just stay with me. But people that say, I love Jesus, but I hate the church. It's impossible. The church is Jesus' bride. I can be a Christian, but I don't need to go to church. I don't need to be connected to the community, but I can still love Jesus. I can serve and love Jesus by myself. And that lie... That the devil is telling us, not only will remove us from our purpose, but will also kill us. The Bible says in Genesis 2.18 that it's not good for a man to be alone. And so many times we hear this verse in the context of marriage. But I think it goes way, way deeper and way broader than that. There's some people that, that are, not getting, are not getting married. Some people are like, oh, no, that's not me. Uh, but there's some people that, or, or but, but it's important for man not to be alone. Hebrews 10.25 says, and let us not neglect our meeting together as some people have been doing, but encourage one another, especially now that the day of his returning is drawing near. One of the greatest reasons that we gather together is to be an encouragement. I love, it. I love it when people come to Discovery Church and I have an opportunity to talk to, to a, lot, a lot of individuals that visit or, or try out Discovery Church for the first time. They're like, man, I feel like I was, I'm lighter when I come in here. I feel like I'm, I'm joyful and I can smile. And, and I'm like, that's encouragement. Thank you, people. Thank, thank you, church, for being a smiling face. I can smile, but I'm only one person out of 100. Guess what? Our, city, our, our church will grow, and people's lives will be changed when this place becomes a place of encouragement. And we started it off that it is a place of encouragement. Because sometimes you need encouragement, and sometimes I need encouragement. But as a body of Christ, we're an encouragement. 
Romans 12.10 says, Be devoted to one another in brotherly love. And then Paul goes on in Romans uh, 12.4 and 6. And says, this is, this is what the body of Christ looks like. In this way, we are like the various parts of a human body. Each part gets its meaning from the body as a whole. Not the other way around. The body we're talking about is Christ's body of chosen people. Each of us finds our meaning and function as a part of his body. But as a chopped off finger or cut off toe were, would amount to, an, or, or toe, we wouldn't amount to much, would we? So since we find ourselves fast, fashioned into all these ex- excellently formed and marvelously functioning parts in Christ's body, let us go ahead and be what we were made to be without enviously or pridefully comparing ourselves with each other or trying to be something we're not. See, if Satan can get us believing the lie that we can do it on our own, that we can love Jesus without loving the church, or that we be connected to Jesus without being connected in community. He knows that he's captured us because this is the thing. He removes you from your purpose when you're not connected to a local church. It's in the local church that you will develop your maximum impact to be used for the kingdom. It is in the local church that, that you will be used in the most powerful way to reach your friends and your family and your coworkers and, and, and even your enemies for Jesus. And, and Satan knows that if he can remove you from that, you're not very strong. But if you get connected to a local church, which is the hope of the world, all of a sudden we become stronger. And guess what? We're not complete without you, and you're not complete without us. We actually hurt. Every part of your body is important. See, any organ that has been detached from their body will not only miss what it was created for, it will also uh, shrivel up and die. And the same is true for us as Christians. Have you ever watched National Geographic and seen a cheetah running after like a, this, this pack of impalas? And, he's, and they're running and the impalas are pretty fast and this, this cheetah is like prancing. This is my cheetah, by the way. This is, this is what it is. Um, it's like running after these impalas and there's a pack of them. If they actually stayed together, the cheetah wouldn't be able to take them down. But he runs, runs after and he spooks the, spooks the impalas and all of a sudden as he's running, one trips or one veers off. You don't see the cheetah keep running with the pack. The cheetah, the, the predator now actually starts running for the one that is disconnected from the pack. And that's what Satan does to us. He tries to push us and he tries to pressure us and he tries to scare us and he brings things in. Or there's things that come into our lives and he says, you don't need them anymore. They don't love you anyway. They don't care about you. So why don't you stay alone? And in that moment, that's when he prances. But there's power in the numbers of a local church. And Satan is trying to get you to move away from the pack. Because he knows you're weak when you're not connected. He knows that when you're connected to the body of Christ, you are a life on purpose. When you're connected to the local church, you find what you were created for. Working together as a body of Christ to win people for Jesus. That's what we're created for. 
You weren't created to be a plumber. You weren't created to be a doctor. Even though those, are, those might be ways that you can, you can enhance your life and your family life and actually help people come to know Jesus. But you were created to bring other people closer to Jesus. That's our purpose in life. So even if you're a barista at Starbucks for three weeks and you want to quit, you can still live life of purpose. Even if you're unemployed, you can still live a life of purpose, but it's in the local church that that happens. And Satan is trying to divide it. He's trying to separate it. But it's not good for man to be alone. Your life support, our life support, my life support is the local church, the people that make up the bride of Christ. You help me breathe, and I help you breathe. There might be times where you help me breathe a whole lot more than I help you breathe, but guess what? As a local church, we function and work together. Even if you're hurting and you feel like you want to be disconnected, we are not complete without you. I would go a little bit further and say we're not complete without the 300,000 people that don't know Jesus in our city. And as a bride of Christ, as a local church, we all have a part to play to reach those 300,000 people. Maybe, maybe somebody here, uh, picture this with me. Maybe, maybe there's someone that's a, that's a voice piece. Maybe there's somebody that's, that's a mouth. That as you're, as you're walking through the supermarket, you're actually able to speak life. And maybe somebody from another local church, say Hope City, a.k.a. Millwoods, is, is at the at the front door of Walmart that they're walking out with their groceries and they're able to be the hand of Jesus and opens up the door. That's two connections with the body of Christ. And maybe somebody else has a joy of being the kidney. And in a time of, of struggle in this individual's life can ha- actually help them decipher and filter out what, what is a good choice versus a bad choice. And all of a sudden there's See how the body of Christ works together? But what about the kidney said, no, I don't want to be a part of it. We're not complete. Is it a local church where we will find encouragement, love, and support? And is also where we get to encourage and be other people's life support? Shereen, if I can just call you back up, that'd be awesome. You might be here today and this is your very first time in a church. We'd love to have you connect. You might be here and you might have been PO'd with the local church for 40 years, for four years, for four months. And you might have been saying those things, I can do this alone, I can do this on my own. And sometimes the truth is hard, but the truth is, is that Satan has captured you. And the best way to push back that lie and to break the chains that that lie holds is to tell the truth and the truth is that man is not good alone and that God created us to be in community that Jesus came and died for his bride he came and died for the local church you want to find purpose in life get connected to a local church and I say this often, and, and I've talked to some people, and you're like, you say, what? You're a pastor of the church. Personally, I love Discovery Church, but we're not the only one. 
You might be here visiting from Grand Prairie or Lac La Biche or wherever it may be. You might, you might be. I don't, I don't know where you're, where you're all from. And you might have thought, well, if I get to Edmonton, I'll get to a church that I like. And I'm glad that you, you decided that you like Discovery Church and this is where you are. But you need to be connected to a church in your hometown. You might be here and you decided that, you know what, I'm just going to go to a different church every single Sunday. Have you ever uh, witnessed a, a kid being hopped around in, in uh, foster families? A month here and a month there and a month here and a month here and a month here and a month here. Maybe two months here, three months. Oh, sweet, I like, oh, well, now somewhere else, somewhere else, somewhere else. They're not healthy. And I encourage you that if you're here and you've been, I, call, I, I say we like popcorn Christians. Like, well, let's just pop wherever you want to pop. And uh, you're not better off popping around. Get connected to a church. Get connected to a local church. It doesn't have to be here. It's not a real great strategy for growth, is it? Hey, you should go somewhere else. But we also believe Discovery Church, and we know that we're reaching people. And we're not on separate teams. Discovery Church is not against Evolved Church, which is not against Celebration Church, it's not against Hope City, and it's not against Christ City, and it's not against Southside Penn. It's not against, we're not against, we're all for. And together we're reaching people because we're being developed into our mission and purpose in life. Maybe you're here and you're hearing this message about being connected in community and honestly, deep down inside, if you were to be honest, you're just lonely. You've disconnected from friends. You only have surface level conversations. You know there's, there's things in your life that you want help with, but you don't know where to start. The place to start is right here. The place to start, the place to start is with a, with a re, uh, relationship with Jesus Christ. If you're here this morning you've never started a relationship with Christ or in, in, your, in your heart right now, you know that things aren't right and you want to start or recommit your life to, to Jesus, I just welcome you to do that. I just want to pray with you briefly and you just, you just pray in your mind. And if you're here and you are, you are currently a believer in Jesus, I just welcome you to pray along, along with me in your mind for, for those individuals that's going to make a prayer of dedication this morning. Would you just pray? God, we just know that we're people that are uh, just in pursuit of you. God, we're imperfect people in pursuit of a perfect God. And God, would you help me? Would you help us live a life of purpose, a life of mission, a life that is surrendered and focused on you? God, come into my heart and just, just cleanse me as the Bible says as white as snow from all my past failures and let me serve you God help me to get to know you more amen if you prayed that prayer this morning or something along that line I welcome you into into the family and if you did do that this morning I would honestly welcome you I would love for you to fill out one of those connection cards and just check off I committed my life to Christ or I recommitted my life drop it off to our guest center we want to make sure you have a Bible we want to make sure we're walking with you praying with you would you do that this morning 
But I even challenge us all here. I know it's summer, but there are people that you know that fall in the category of disconnected with the local church. And for a season, you're kind of like, oh, it's okay. But encourage them. Man, we've, we've set church up to be a place where people want to be, where people come and find encouragement, where people, like literally, people want to get out of bed. We have teenagers that get out of bed at 6.30 in the morning to be at church. Okay? We, get, we have people that drive trucks and trailers and, and set up because we believe in the local church. and we want, Not only do we believe in the local church, we know that we need to be connected. And we find purpose when we're connected to the body of Christ. So maybe you're here and you've never connected to a church. Guess what? Discovery's a great one. We would love to have you connect. Make, put it in your schedules. Put it in your phones right now. Church, 10 to 11. Every Sunday. Don't schedule it. Come back early from the lake. Schedule your vacations around it. We've had people that's literally turned down a big promotions because it would take them away on Sundays. We had people that actually, I was just uh, meeting with a, a couple this past week who said, there's a job in another, another province that we really, 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 really want. And we feel like, we're, we're, like that's what we, our, our future set up for, but we didn't want to leave because we love Discovery Church and we love the community that's found. That's what it's about. Being connected to a church where you're willing and wanting to rearrange your life so you could be there. Not only because you get encouraged, but because you make investment in other people's lives and their lives are changed. And guess what? We're doing it. So I encourage you. Make church a priority. Join the dream team. Join me upstairs in, in 15 minutes and walk through next steps. Be a part of our team. Yeah, it might seem like lots of work. We're putting out chairs. We're putting out staging and screens. But the reality of it is, is that most people show up. Not There is a task to be done. Most people show up because we love each other. We want to hang out with people. We're, we're being connected to a community, and we come alive. We're finding purpose because we're connected to the body of Christ. Don't allow Satan to tell you a lie any longer that you can do it on your own because you can't. This girl power, this male power, this human power, this people power, whatever, whatever we want to say that it is, you know what? I need to depend on you and you need to depend on me. And that is okay because that's how God created us for it's not good for man to be alone. Next, next week, after the service, we do our monthly church and chill plan to stay, hang out, connect with some people, sit to a table that you don't know everyone, connect in community, love on people, and allow people to love on you. Would you pray with me as we close? God, we just thank you so much for a community. We thank you for Discovery Church. We thank you for the local church. God, our life support is the relationships and friends and family that we will find in a local church. God, we love you and we love your bride. Thank you so much for allowing us to be a part of the body of Christ and help me never to disengage. Help me never to be disconnected and play into the lie of the enemy. God, for I need people and people need me. God, let us be an encouragement. Let us be the reason that somebody's load is lightened today 
and somebody's face lights up with a smile and allow the joy of the Lord to be our strength this morning. God, as we go, the 300,000 people in our city that need community, they need the church, they need to be connected to the body of Christ, let us be the hands, the feet, the kidneys, the armpits, the nose, the ears, whatever it takes to reach people. I will be it. We will be it. Let us be the body of Christ and let us be living a life with purpose and on mission. Thanks for taking the time to tune into this week's podcast. Feel free to like or share it on social media. Subscribe to the podcast through iTunes to be sure to never miss a recording. If this ministry has impacted your life in any way, we would love to hear about it. Please share your story with us by sending us an email at info at mydiscoverychurch.ca. Have a fantastic week.